0: For all those things my hand has made, and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit, and who trembles at my word. Heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? We sing the song around here sometimes. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, don't we? From that Scripture, I'm going to speak today on a subject, preparing a place for God to dwell. Preparing a place for God to dwell. Let's pray. Lord, as we come today, we thank Him and we praise You for the service we've had thus far. We believe in God, You, for what You uh, have done and what You're going to do, God. I know it today, God. Speak to us, God, from, from Your Holy Word. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Let the church say, Amen, you can be seated. Hallelujah. Praise God. preparing a place for God to dwell. These scriptures is very um awesome in its content. He said Heaven is my throne. We can't comprehend the vastness of outer space. In terms of uh, light years, I mean, it's beyond. God did it that way because even though man is getting mighty smart, he's not going to be able to go beyond the vastness of God. Billions and billions of other stars and other planets. Um, they just here recently. Uh, uh, I was on the Discovery Channel and they recently uh, found another star uh, a long, long, long way. They say they say it resembles our star, <coughs> which we call the sun, and uh, that uh, that they they've noticed that there's. Some planets rotating around it, and um, so I'm, I'm just talking just a little bit to kind of get get your mind focused when we talk about how big the heavens is, the galaxies. Uh, I mean, it's just beyond our comprehension. It's beyond our comprehension, and 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 God says all those heavens is my throne. I set that's my throne. He says, and the earth I don't have a footstool up here, but he says, I sit on the heavens and the earth is my footstool. Get that in your mind picture. We think earth would be a mighty big place. But God said that's only that's only my footstool. It's only my footstool. He said, so if the heavens is my throne and the earth is just insignificant footstool, where is the house that you will build me? And where is the place of my rest? Where in the world or anywhere can you find somewhere uh, that uh, you can say, here God, I mean, we, we make this statement a lot, you know. I mean, you know, sometimes somebody come in, whatever, say, come in, take a load off. Where is it in the whole universe that you could say, come on, come on God, take a load off here. Rest here. Think about it. Uh, since the time of King David, Israel had desired to build a house for Jehovah to dwell in. Many of the other nations all around them had great extravagant temples. Erected for the honor and worship of their pagan gods. I mean, they had pagan temples all over, everywhere. You know, built to all of these gods, and um, so the Israelites figured that a temple for God's glory would be well pleasing to the Lord. I mean, all these other gods has got all kind of temples and and all these things, and so they had it in their heart for a long time to, to have a temple for the throne room. Now, God did choose Solomon to erect the temple in his day, but it was more for their benefit than it was God's benefit. When you understand the true heart of God, you're going to realize that man-made things can't satisfy his heart, neither hold all his glory. It was admirable that David wanted to build God a house. But I don't care what kind of house any man can build, you cannot build nothing that can even begin to hold the glory of God. Uh, It's impossible. Uh, And no matter what we try to do, man-made things cannot satisfy God's heart. You can't even approach God with man-made stuff. Now, I I, I run across this every chance I get because I've heard down through the years so many people teach on it and, and get way off course. But, and they want to come up with these what I call far out things. When God appeared to Moses in the in in the in the bush that was that had the fire but wasn't being consumed, and Moses noticed from a distance that that bush it was there was a fire there it was burning but it wouldn't be consumed, and he said, "I'm going to get a little closer, draw closer to this to see what this is." And he got to the point and place, he he got, He got. was getting close enough where God's presence was, and the voice spoke to him from out of the bush, told him, says, Don't come no closer. Take the sandals off your feet, because the place you're standing is holy ground. Now, I've heard some people come up with some pretty good things, but here is the point. The reason why God told Moses to take his shoes off, that he was standing on holy ground, is those sandals on his feet were man-made. You cannot approach God with anything man-made. He won't accept it. He won't buy it. Hallelujah. Take your shoes off, Moses. You're on holy. You're in my presence. And man-made Religions and denominations trying to impress God with their denominations and their organizations and their church names and this and that and all that stuff. None of God don't even, God don't even look at that stuff twice. Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't ever try to approach a holy God with anything man made. Those sandals was made by man. When he took them off, And still barefooted on the ground, he approached God with something he created his own self. And that's man. Hallelujah. And that's what we got to understand. Heaven, heaven is my throne. The earth is just my footstool, Brother Sean. What kind of house can you build me? Where can you, what can you do to make me happy and satisfied that you can make, that you can create, that could hold my glory? and satisfy my heart. Church, God has always desired to dwell among His people. Hallelujah. He's always desired to be amongst His people. Hallelujah. Nothing satisfies Him more than to rule and reign from the throne of our heart. Hallelujah. This building, can that contain the glory of God? Or anything down here earthly? There's nothing man-made that's standing on this earth that can control God's glory and be sufficient place for Him to, to rest. Because it's all man-made. But your heart is not man-made. Your soul is created by God. God. You ain't got nothing to do with it. You didn't have the slightest thing to do with it. I didn't have the slightest thing to do with it. And nothing satisfies God more and makes Him happier than to be able to take His throne right in the center of your heart and to dwell there. And it's up to every one of us on an individual basis to prepare a place for Him to dwell. In the center of our heart. Hallelujah. I can preach to you. I can teach you. People can pray for you. But when it's all said and done, it's up to you individually whether or not you decide you're going to make a place for God to come in and dwell or not. Hallelujah. He wants to. He desires to. But there's got to be a proper place. Suited for a king. And it does not include anything man-made. It's all through Him. It's all through Him. I want to talk about that just a minute. Uh, preparing a place for God to dwell. First of all, church, if I, if I'm going to see to it and prepare a place that God is going to dwell with me and He's, He's going to abide within me and He can rest, literally rest, In my soul, to the point and place, I don't have to. I don't have to wait to Sunday time to come and hopefully I can get in God's presence. But I can live in His presence twenty-four-seven. Hallelujah! No matter where I'm at, what time of the day or night, Hallelujah! And there's a lot of people who go to church and sit on church pews. They do not have that kind of relationship with Him. Amen. Why is it? It's because they have failed to make the proper preparations. Hallelujah. They have failed to create a place for Him to dwell in their hearts. And above all things, number one, what I've got to have, number one is a spirit of humility. To have God feel comfortable in dwelling in our hearts We must first possess a spirit of humility. What did he say in verse two? He said, for all those things my hand has made and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one thing I will look on him who is poor and that that ain't, that ain't talking about financial. That's not talking about your pocketbook. It's not talking about your bank account. It's not talking about, uh, Whatever kind of level of lifestyle you're at. But he who's of a poor and a contrite spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. That attracts God. Has anybody did any kind of work with magnets? And he used a magnet? You know? Thank God. Hallelujah. I don't know what I would have done back when I was uh, working on car, cars for a living. And, uh, I, I have, i have all kind of magnets, all kind of stuff around it because I'm always dropping boats and stuff and that back behind firewalls and all this and that stuff. And man, here I am with an extension thing with a little bit of mirror on it on one side and here trying to fish out, you know. And, uh, if you luck, if, uh, no, darling, get me, I use the word luck. If you're blessed enough, uh, to catch hold, you know, and pick that thing up, you know, well, your heart can become a magnet to God's presence if you let humility rule in your heart. Because he 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 asks in the first verse, what kind of house can you build me? What kind of place uh, can I sit down and rest? And then in verse 2, he, he tells you. He gives you, and that's what I'm speaking about. First of all, the first thing he who has a poor and contrite spirit, he that becomes a magnet that draws God to your heart and to your soul. Hallelujah! I still have, I still have people talk about uh, the spirit that Brother Charles Shelton had, and. Uh, he, it is it is very true. This man was very humble, but I go back a little bit longer. And although brother, brother Charles uh, is humble, I know I know where he got it from because his dad was actually more humble than he was. Hallelujah! And that kind of thing is like a magnet attracting God. Hallelujah! And see. I hope we all understand this morning that we if we want God in our uh, to walk in God's presence if we want God to to live in our hearts we've got to put something in our hearts that will attract him hallelujah amen we've got to put things in there that will that will reach out and grab him and pull him uh, towards us that's that's very important um, God Will not share his glory with another and never will be in competition with human attitudes of pride and worthiness. Hallelujah. He's not going to be somewhere if he has to constantly be in competition. He's not going to dwell in my heart if he's having to constantly compete, because I've got an attitude of pride and I've got an attitude of worthiness. I deserve. This blessing. Because, my, all the times I've fasted, all the times I've prayed, all, I mean, I deserve that anointing because everything that I put into my ministry and all this kind of stuff and everything, amen, that is competing against God. And it, it's not going, it's not going to attract him, it's going to push him away. Just like going back to the magnets, You've got your positive and negative side. And you can turn that magnet a, a different way, Brother Travis, and you can go towards that same piece of metal that at one time would pull two, but what it, what will it do? Push it away. Amen. You understand what I'm talking about. And see, God will not rule and reign anywhere where He's in have to be in competition. But rather, it's going to it's, it's, it's gonna be a reverse situation that's going to push His presence from you rather than attracting it to you. Hallelujah. I mean, oh Lord, hallelujah. Help me, Lord. Glory. Matthew 23, verses 11 and 12. This is what Jesus says. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased... And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Hallelujah. Uh, that's the key. That's having the magnet facing the right side. James 4 and 10. Let me go ahead. I, I, I want to get these Scriptures in. James 4, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 10. He said, "...humble yourself in the sight of the Lord." And he shall lift you up. First Peter five and six. Therefore humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. In due time. There have been some times in my life, there's been times in my ministry that I thought things ought to move faster than what they was moving. I ought to get credit for this or whatever. God lets things happen, but we got, can't remember, we're, we're on His time clock, not our time clock. Hallelujah. Amen. And He said He would, it's not that He won't and it's not in His plan, but He'll do it in due time, in His time, the right time. Hallelujah. Humble yourself, therefore, on the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in in in, in due time. Uh, Jesus gave a parable one time. I can't remember where the parable is, um, but he gave this parable. He says, "If you go into somebody's, uh, I don't remember if it was a banquet or uh, or something that situation. I don't I don't remember exactly. I just I just remember the the basic content of it. He said, "When you go somewhere into that place." And you walk in. He said, Don't walk in automatically on your own and sit in the highest seat in the room. He said, Because somebody might come in with a little bit more clout. Now, this is, I'm paraphrasing this, than you. And the owner of the house will bring him to you and he will ask you to relinquish your seat and let him sit there. And then you gotta then go down a few steps over here. He said, which is gonna bring shame and embarrassment to you. He said, rather, when you go somewhere, sit at the lowest seat you can possibly sit. That way, if you're sitting over here in the lowest seat and you've showed humility, amen, and humbleness before God, and, and, and he comes in and says, hey, Come here, you hear long, you, you, you're sitting right there long enough. I want, I want you to come over and sit right here. Hallelujah! That is what God teaches! That is the heart of God! Hallelujah, thank you. Now get back down there where you belong. <laughs> hallelujah. Forgive, forgive pastor, alright, hallelujah. Hallelujah! Glory! Hallelujah. Quit laughing. I've got to preach. Hallelujah. <laughs> As God is my witness, I've tried to do that from day one in my life, in my ministry. And I prayed night and day, God, don't ever let me do or say anything. That it would even be perceived that I was out of place. That I was trying to, to take something on my own. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's been a principle. I'm not telling, I I ain't telling you that I I hadn't messed up or this or that because we all mess up, we all make it. But that's been a, a abiding principle in my life. That I've done my best to live by. And God has blessed me for that. I said a long time ago that I wasn't going to be like one of these preachers that sits down on the telephone with an ink pen and a list of pastors names and sit down and start calling, asking for revivals. I just I'm just it's not in me to promote myself. I've always I've refused to do that. Because see I know I, I know the Bible stands true. The did you know the Bible said that a man's gift will make room for him. If God's given you a gift and he's given you a calling and he's put a talent in your life, he will make sure amen that a door is open for you. And if he don't open it, all of the self-promotion in the world, brother Randy, won't get you nowhere. Come on. All right. Come on. And because of that principle, and because of the refusal to try to have me lift myself up, From the day one stuff called, I've never been without a place to preach, never been without a place to revival, amen, or to minister. Hallelujah. And I mean, it's because
1: of that principle of humility that I live by.
0: Hallelujah. You don't have to promote yourself. Hallelujah. You don't have to go to this one and that one, amen, and say, well, you know how God used me in this revival or God used me in that revival and everything. It's not going to happen. And it's the same thing, and I'm talking about preachers because I'm a preacher, but it's for the whole body of Christ. It's for every one of us. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, glory to God. Thank You, Lord. Humble Yourself under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time, preparing a place for God to dwell we got to do something in our hearts and souls, church, that will attract God, not repel Him. Then there's one other thing that's said there in Isaiah. He said, "Who is a poor and a contrite spirit?" And then secondly, he said, "Who trembles at My word?" So the second thing is number one. Number one, first, we got to have a spirit of humility, and number two, we got to respect His word you want to attract God, then you got to show respect to His Word. you got to show reverence to His Word. you got to show obedience to His Word. He said, who trembles at My Word. God will never set up His abode in the heart of someone who has no respect or reverence of His Word. It doesn't matter if it is his written word or his spoken word from the mouth of his anointed prophets. Amen. We got to show respect to his word, no matter if it's from his written word where we directly receive with our own eyes reading, or from it's the spoken word from the anointed lips of men and women that he has called. Hallelujah. We cannot expect. To draw God to us that He can set up His abode in our hearts. Hallelujah. If you respect His Word, then you will follow and keep His Word. I hear a lot of people all the time say, well, I reverence God. I reverence the Bible. But then you're seeing constantly doing things in their life that they're doing against what the Bible says. Completely on the opposite end of the track or the field. That's not respect. That's not reverence. When we fail to keep His Word, that is the ultimate disrespect. When you fail to follow God's Word, be it the written Word or the spoken Word under the anointing, hallelujah, as I'm preaching this message this morning, you're either going to sit there as you listen, and you're going to open up and you're going to receive it, or you, there's going to be something about it. That, um, I just don't quite like that. That old flesh doesn't quite like that. And you're not going to receive it. And that's because you're not receiving it. You're not showing respect. And you're going to walk away from here today slapping God in the face. Because Himself and His Word cannot be separated. They're never divided. Jesus Christ is the Word made flesh. Hallelujah couple more Scriptures. I'm fixing to wind down. John 14 and 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. If anyone loves me, not might, not partially, but said, If he loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. That's going to attract me and Daddy. Hallelujah, glory to God. That's, that's you know, I mean, you, you're going to have a fullness of the Godhead right here in your soul. Hallelujah, just like Jesus did. It's going to be there in its fullness. Hallelujah, if you keep His word. Hallelujah, and then another scripture. I, w- I want you to understand how important this is. Now, Pentecostal people. They they relate a lot about the name of Jesus. We talk a lot about the name. I mean, we stand there and we hang in there for the name. We believe in the name. Amen. We believe in the name. The Bible says, let everything you do in word or deed be what? Hallelujah. Everything you do in word or to be be in the name. Hallelujah. So we believe in the name. But I want you to know something today. There is something else that God regard, uh, regards above His name. Because sometimes we think, as long as i got that name, I'm okay. But you know what, church? There's going to be people lost, away from God, and judgment that was baptized in His name. Baptism in His name is not going to be all it's going to take to deliver us, to save us. Psalms 138 and 2. I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name, there's the name, for your loving and kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all Your name. We did teaching here on Wednesday night three or four years ago about the names of God. He got plenty of names and titles. He said, you have magnified your word above all your name. Lord of God, we want to get all happy and dance and shout, you know, Jehovah El Shaddai and Adonai. And uh, uh, you know all, all all these things. It's well and good, but God said, "I've magnified my name. I've," I, He said, "I've magnified your word above all your name." Hallelujah! If you want to create in your heart a place for God to dwell. For him to be satisfied with, to be comfortable with, to come in and take his abode, then you've got to have some high regard for his word. You've got to show some respect and some reverence for his word. Brother Darrell, I want you to come on up with, with fix and sling a course. Hallelujah. That, I didn't come up with, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times, you know, when I, when I preach a message, I'll read a scripture for a text. And then I'll come up with different points to, to relate that. But see, I didn't come up with these two points right here. This was right in the text. He says, I'm looking for those with a poor and contrite spirit. And I'm looking, looking for those who tremble at my word. Hallelujah. Them are two requirements, folks, that can't none of us bypass, go around, go over, try to dig under. Amen. They're important to God, and they're the first step into creating a mag a magnet in your heart that will attract God's presence, that He can abide with you on a daily basis. Hallelujah! Let's stand together as Brother Darrell sings a course. Hallelujah! If you uh, if you want to talk to God just a few minutes today about God, I want to make sure I got the. I want to make sure I got the right magnet. And I want to make sure I got it turned the right way, yes. because I want to attract you.
1: Hallelujah.
0: I want you to dwell with me twenty four seven. Go ahead, brother. There.
1: Mm. Saints, we are standing on holy ground. No we are standing on the holy ground. Yes, and I know there are angels all right around. Come on, let's just worship. Oh, he's here. Come on, let's reach out. Come on, let's worship. Oh, we are still.
0: like to have the opportunity
1: to intercede for others in prayer.